Hi, this is Jim Lobato, and I'm president and founder of a company called Performance Group. You're listening to the podcast version of a program that originally aired on the BizTalk radio show. I started BizTalk so you'd have access to today's leading experts about growing your company and yourself. BizTalk is produced by Performance Group. At Performance Group, we work at the front end of a company's revenue stream. We find the salespeople who generate the revenue, and we provide onboarding programs that get them doing that sooner. Our passion is aligning talent with opportunity. That's why we're known as a Salesforce development company. Enjoy the program. On our program today, we have Barry Seamus, author, business coach, and CEO of Selecting Winners, an international management consulting firm dedicated to helping companies hire better people, build winning teams, and improve retention. As a trainer and internationally sought-after speaker, Barry has worked with hundreds of companies and coached thousands of executives and business owners on the subject of attracting, selecting, and keeping top performers. His clients include organizations from the Fortune 100 to some of the fastest-growing companies in the world. He is the author of the critically acclaimed hiring system, The Small Business Guide to Recruiting and Hiring Success, and the best-selling program, How to Hire the Perfect Salesperson. Barry has been featured on ABC News 2020 program and in the Wall Street Journal. We are fortunate that Barry is willing to share his insights from his book, Hiring 3.0, New Rules for the New Economy, a step-by-step guide for winning the war on recruiting and hiring better employees. Barry, welcome to the program. Uh, It's great to be with you today. Barry, we're pleased to have somebody with your expertise on the program today, given the importance of the topic, which is hiring really good people. And the fact that you have a book out called Hiring 3.0 leads me to believe there must have been a 1.0 and a 2.0 at one time, and you have some new material to share with our audience. So why don't you share with our people what is new about recruiting and hiring top performers today? Sure. It's, uh, the business world has changed, and the, the single thing that's changed the most is the pace of change. Uh, we now compete with competitors we never thought we were going to compete with before. Uh, markets change. People change. Things are changing at a pace much faster than traditionally, if you go back 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years ago. As a result, the people you need to meet your business needs are changing that much faster as well. So the idea behind the book was, I mean, hiring good people has has never changed. It's the most important thing to a business if you're going to be successful. The difference is it used to be, you know, the idea of, oh, I'm going to hire five people and I'm going to keep them with me for 35 years and give them the watch and they're going to retire. That just doesn't work anymore. I mean, things change so fast that your needs from your employees change that much faster as well. So that was really the the driving motivation behind it. So if if I don't know where my business is going to be three years, five years from now, and most people don't, you know, the the days of 10-year, 20-year strategic plans really are gone. Now we sometimes do, you know, 10-day, 20-day strategic plans. And as a result, the way you hire people needs to change to address that, that market need. You know, just listening to you, that seems like a very daunting task. I mean, how do you find people that are that adaptable and fluid to the changing business environment or even the the changing structure of your company? Well, the interesting thing is the requirements, the specific behaviors you're looking for in employees 
really are going to change. Uh, a great example of that is flexibility. You know, people need to be more flexible. If you're in a business where uh, you take the high-tech business, for instance, where directions are changing every six months, you need to have a workforce. You need to have people working for you that if you come in today and say, drop what you're doing, we're going in this direction, they don't get flustered. They actually seek out that challenge. I mean, it's a great example. You know, if, if you're going to hire somebody who wants to do A and then B and then C and do it the same way every single day, you can't hire them into a business where there's a great amount of change in your business. So it, it's, yes, it's a little bit more difficult to hire good people, but the focus of the book is the things that you should be hiring for just need to be slightly different. And by understanding your business and hiring to your business needs, you focus on the behaviors that are going to be necessary to meet those particular needs. So, Barry, you've uh, been doing this for some time. Yeah, I mean, you started your company, I think, in what, 90, 84 or 94? Or? 1984 is when we started the company, and I was doing it for a while before that. But thanks for dating me. I <laughs> Well, I can relate to 1984. My point is, Barry, that over the last 30 years, surely you've seen some changes that have taken place in the hiring process. I mean, let alone the, you know, the pace of change, which you talked about. But what has been the biggest epiphany for you as it relates to hiring people that you've realized over the last 30 years? Uh, this is going to sound terrible, but really... Um, my philosophy is real, real simple here, and it's that you hire people to satisfy a business need. Well, and that just sounds like common sense, but unfortunately it's not really why people hire. People hire to fill openings and to replace people and all kinds of other reasons that aren't the right reason to hire. You should hire only to satisfy a business need. Well, going to our, our previous comment here, if the business needs are changing that fast, it, it means, by definition, that the way you satisfy those needs are differently. Uh, let, me, let me explain as simply as I can. I make my living teaching business owners and executives how to hire people. And the first advice I give every one of my clients is don't hire, which, which seems to be at loggerheads there. doesn't seem to make sense. But if you go back to my, to my basic premise, which is, is you hire to satisfy a business need, Take a look at the business need and what's the best way to solve it. So the single biggest change I've seen, you know, in my time doing this is that, you know, we always, you go back to the 70s, you go back to the 80s, and the way you solve problems was you threw people at them. That was the solution. And it's one of the reasons why we have these massive swings in the employment market. You know, in good times we hire way too many people, and in bad times we get rid of way too many people, and you have these massive swings it's because you throw people at problems. I think the biggest change and the greatest revelation has been don't throw people at problems. Frame your business need. What's my business need? And then decide the single most cost-effective way of satisfying that particular business need. And guess what? Sometimes it boils down to hiring a person to satisfy that business need. But the biggest change I've seen at least, and I can't give you an exact percentage, but a large percentage of the time, you can satisfy these business needs other ways. You can use technology. 
we solve more business problems with technology today than we did 20 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, we have alternate human assets, outsourcing, temporary, contract people, much bigger use of those alternate channels than years and years ago. You know what? Sometimes, you know, in my business, when I started my business, I was a small business, and, and as I grew that business, I found the need for a financial officer. I'm not a financial guy. It's not my background. I needed somebody to help me manage the financial side of my business, but I couldn't afford to go out and spend two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars for a CFO. But I did. And the way I did it is I've got a $300,000 CFO that works for me four days a month. Okay, so I get that talent that I need. I get the best and the brightest, but I don't have to pay $300,000 for it because I couldn't afford that as a small business owner. So these alternative ways to satisfy business needs other than just straight hiring a new employee is probably the single biggest change that I've seen. Yeah, Barry, I think that's very insightful, and I think you hit upon the two things that I've seen, and now that you've mentioned it, you know, technology and outsourcing. I mean, yeah. they can solve a lot of business needs. And that's assuming, though, that our decision maker, the person who's trying to formulate the business need, really understands what the business need is. Exactly. I, you know, in the book, I stress an awful lot this this thinking outside the box that's where the hiring you know 3.0 comes from you know if if mary is your best employee and in friday afternoon mary walks into your office and resigns for whatever reason it doesn't matter she's gone knee-jerk reaction is oh my god i have to replace mary and that's what we have to stop we have to get this this business owner to stop at that point and say okay i've now got a business need let's frame that business need and then let's look at all of the alternatives to how best satisfy that. We might replace Mary with a piece of software. We might decide this job's so important, we're going to replace Mary with two people. We may upgrade the position. We may downgrade the position. Those are all outsource it, all legitimate options. You have to decide which is the best option based upon framing the business need and then looking at the economics. I'm very into looking at the economics of this whole process because um, sometimes hiring an employee will not get you the best ROI on your decision. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. This is Biz Talk, and our guest is Barry Seamus. We're talking about his book, Hiring 3.0, New Rules for the New Economy. Barry, let's focus on mid-sized companies because in mid-sized companies, you really can't afford to make a hiring mistake. Everybody has to be an A player. So when you look at the challenges that presidents of mid-sized companies face as it relates to hiring and finding the right talent, what do you think their biggest challenges are today? Uh, well, you hit it with your last thing, finding top talent. That's really the biggest problem. I don't care what anybody says about the current unemployment rate. doesn't matter. Problem stays the same. Whether we're at very high unemployment, very low unemployment, finding the right people for the right jobs at the right time to do the right things is the biggest problem facing. And by the way, you say mid, mid-size. We can go from Fortune 100. We can go down to mom and pop on the corner. That problem is the same. That's the 
single biggest, you know, finding and retaining those people is very, very difficult. It's actually pretty easy to hire. Hiring is really pretty simple. Hiring well is what becomes difficult. But Barry, we live in a times where we have instant access to the world. We're only a computer click away from almost anything. And you would think with Facebook and with LinkedIn and with Monster and with email and all the social sites that are out there that connect you to people, I mean, really, how hard can this be when we're just one click away from millions of people? You know, that, that's, a typical, that's a typical reaction. And let me give you a great analogy to that. I'm a car guy. And I, I love to drive cars, and I love to drive cars fast on the racetrack, not on the streets. You know what it's like? That's like saying, well, you know, it's not hard to drive fast. We just go get a, a, a car with, with more horsepower, and we drive faster. But you know what? If you're not driving in the right direction, all that means is you're going to get lost that much sooner. So everything you just said is correct. The problem is if you go into this without a plan, what good does it do you? You know, if you have 10 outlets to find people as opposed to two and you don't have a plan, that actually makes it more difficult because now it's just more which way, you know, analysis by paralysis, you don't don't make any progress. So the real issue becomes – and I hate to be pedantic about it, but, but it's, it's just a point. You've got to go back to framing that business need. If you know what your business need is, and if you know what the successful person looks like who's going to satisfy my business need, now we can best take advantage of these tools, these avenues for finding people. You know, I think all LinkedIn did, everybody thinks, oh, LinkedIn is the solution. And by the way, it's a fantastic tool absolutely fantastic tool. The problem is, if you don't know what you're doing, if you just run an ad, you're going to get inundated, and and that just makes the problem worse. It doesn't solve your problem. So, you know, if we go back to the single biggest mistake, you know, that businesses make, it's being unprepared. It's being unprepared. It amazes me and has for years you know, the end of the year, businesses sit down and they bring all their best brains and the company in and they sit down and they do a strategic plan and they translate that into an operating plan and they have marketing plans and they have manufacturing plans and they have sales plans. They don't have a hiring plan. The single most important piece of their business, deciding who's going to work for the company, and they don't have a plan for it. They don't think about it. I I like to kid, you know, we put way more, business owners put way more thought into their telephone system and what telephone system they're going to have than they do into who they're going to hire. And to me, that's just plain crazy. Barry, if you talk to any company president, they will tell you their most important asset is their people. They'll tell you that getting the right people will really differentiate their company. And yet at the same time, your comment about they don't have a hiring plan Where's the fundamental disconnection between what they tell you and what they do? Why aren't we connecting the dots here? You know, I'm so happy you brought that up. See, I'm a behavioralist, and behavioralists believe that there's no reality until somebody does something. So you can talk about something all day long. It doesn't mean a thing until you do something about it. It's one of those amazing things that you're right. Every every single survey that's ever been done of, of chief executives, when they say, you know, getting attracting and retaining top people is is one or two in every one of those surveys I've ever seen. And yet, let's look at what they do in implementation. 
they take the person responsible for it, the vice president of human resources, and they push them down into the organization someplace, way down reporting to a, a CFO or a division or, or whatever. They don't, they don't elevate it. They don't plan for it. budgeting. It amazes me how many major corporations don't have a separate line item for recruiting. It just falls under general G&A issues. How much money are you spending on? Can you imagine taking cost of sales and just hiding it somewhere in your budget? I mean, that's crazy. And yet they just don't do it. And the biggest issue, I mean, I know your question is why. Why does this happen? I think, number one, it comes down to ignorance. And, and that's certainly not a slight in, 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 in any way, shape, or form. They just don't know how. I mean, it's like, you know, there's only two things in the world that, that everybody, you know, they, they say you don't have to be good at to enjoy. One is golf, the other is sex. I'm just kidding there, Jim. But, you know, everybody, everybody thinks they're good at this. And the truth is they're not. You know, when I do my public presentations, I always love to open. I told you I'm a driving guy. I love to open with a statement. I say, please raise your hand if you're not a good driver. And no hands in the room will ever go up. Nobody admits to not being a good driver. People don't admit to the fact that they don't know how to hire people. Because they say, by the time you're a CEO of a company, president of a company, you've been doing it for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. So you assume you're good at it. But you, if you look at the success rate of hiring people, it hasn't changed much over the years. People are not getting better at this. So I think the big problem is people are not aware of the fact that they're not good at it. That's good insight, Barry. You know, it seems that people who lead organizations, it's almost the assumption that either they expect or it's expected of them to be a really good breed of people. And they want to go with their gut feeling more so than maybe some other process that will vet out the right person. All right, let's switch gears and talk about the applicant side for a second, the people that we're hiring. All right. Barry, based on your observations, is it better to go with an applicant that has the experience or the applicant that has the accomplishments? Well, um, I'm going to actually give you the third option because one of the things that we say in our training programs is you don't hire to experience. Experience is, is an absolutely hollow issue. That's just, just time and space is all it is. Uh, accomplishments absolutely are much closer to what we're going to hire for. But what we're really going to hire to is behaviors. Okay? We hire people. Let me, let me just run you through the, the sequence. We hire people to satisfy a business need. Okay, and the people have to satisfy a business need in a certain way if they're going to successfully satisfy a business need. If you need a salesperson, you can go out and hire somebody who generates massive amounts of sales by lying, cheating, and stealing. It's not going to satisfy your business need. That's not going to be labeled as success in the long run. They have to satisfy that business need in a certain way. So when you go into the hiring process, really what you're trying to determine is how is this person going to satisfy our business needs? And the beautiful thing about behavior is it's repeatable. Uh, people repeat their behavior to an incredibly high degree of reliability. So if you're hiring someone to go out and open up a new sales territory, you need to know how they're going to go about doing that because there are certain ways they could do that that will successfully satisfy your business need. There's ways they can do that that won't successfully satisfy your business needs. So the whole point 
point of the interview is to try and be able to predict to a very high degree of reliability how the person's going to actually do that, how they're going to satisfy that business need. In this case, how are they going to open up this new sales territory? How are they going to behave? Now, if you just look at a resume and somebody's opened up 12 new sales territories in their past, it's easy to jump to the conclusion, well, they'll be successful here. That's pure experience. You could also look at that as accomplishment. But did they do it the right way? Two components to success, accomplishing the task and accomplishing the task the right way. See, I happen to call that behavior. And so that then becomes the key. So you don't interview for behavior. You interview, excuse me, you don't interview for experience. You interview for behavior. How do they solve situations and problems that are the same or similar to those they'll face on your job? That's the ultimate thing you're trying to accomplish in an interview. That may be the objective, but then the challenge becomes, Barry, that the person doing the interviewing can actually interview. Yes. When you look at the truly great ones at interviewing, Barbara Walters, Mike Wallace, David Frost, and uh, let's not forget Charlie Rose. Watching those people interview is like watching any great performance by an actor or an athlete. So, you know, they're able to get to the heart of the matter and draw out from the person they're interviewing the true essence of what they're trying to get at. So what insight can you give our hiring managers or tips that they could use to improve their interviewing skills? Well, uh, first of all, learn how to do it. Uh, I always say that, you know, the, the first stanchion of my bridge is education. Build a knowledge base. Once again, I'll give you an analogy. It's like sitting down at the end of the year doing your budget and just throwing some random numbers on a piece of paper. Who's going to do that? You wouldn't, you wouldn't consider doing that. And yet you'll walk into an interview, you know, maybe having read the resume, you know, two minutes before the person walks in. That's the same as doing your budget, just throwing some random numbers in some boxes on some spreadsheets. Doesn't make any sense. So number one is education. This is the most important skill any manager can develop. Okay, and I know I have a parochial view of the world because this is what I do, but I believe that to be the case because if you're in a management position, you get your job done through your people. Right? If you don't have good people, it doesn't matter how good your sales skills are. It doesn't matter how good your financial skills are. It doesn't matter how, how good your engineering skills are. If your people fail, you fail. So that's where I come up with the statement, the single most important skill you develop is the, is the ability to choose and retain top people. So number one, education. Go attend a seminar. Read a book. Hire a consultant. Do something to elevate your skill level, just like nobody knows how to do budgets just from the, the feel of it. You learn how to do a budget. You learn how to uh, develop a strategic plan. You have to learn how to hire people. Then you have to have a plan. You know, if you asked me, Jim, what's the single biggest mistake any manager, business owner, executive makes, is I'll say they're unprepared. You know, that person walks in, tell me about yourself, uh, you throw some random questions, you're, you're completely unprepared. I mean, the way to do this right is you prepare in advance. If you will elevate this decision to its, to its rightful place, the most important decision you make, you're going to then apply the correct amount of effort, 
uh, into it. I, you know, I get managers tell me all the time, oh, you, what you're telling me is, I, you know, i got to spend half an hour or an hour to prepare for an interview. I go, at a bare minimum, where am I going to get that time? I said, where are you going to get the time to succeed? Do you do your budget without doing any preparation? Do you do your engineering plans without doing any preparation? Got to have a plan. So those are really the, the two stanchions of my bridge. Number one is education. You've got to build that knowledge base. Uh, number two, you've got to build the plan. And then three, and you brought this up earlier, interviewing, some people think it's a mystical thing. Interviewing is a skill. Apply a proven process. Do it relentlessly, and you will develop your skill level like anything else. You've got to practice. Implementation. Do it the same way. Do it every single time, and your skill level will go up. That's what you've got to do because we do it randomly. You know, I, I, I've, I've done this experiment. I've worked with presidents of companies, and I videotape their interviews, and then I videotape a second interview, and we look at the two, and they look nothing alike. I said, how can you ever get good at something if you do it differently every single time? But if you have a proven process and you apply that process religiously, skill level goes up. Don't let anybody ever tell you interviewing is an art. They're a liar. It's not. I can take any manager, baseline education, and make them a great interviewer because it's simply a process that needs to be applied religiously to develop skill. Reminds me of the story where the violin player turns to the director and says, how do you play at Carnegie Hall? And the director said, practice, practice, practice. Our guest is Barry Seamus. We're talking about Hiring 3.0, his new book, on New Rules for the New Economy. When we come back, we'll ask Barry, is it better off to hire a salesperson and teach them the product knowledge or hire somebody that has the product knowledge and teach them how to sell? Interesting. Our guest is Barry Seamus. And we're talking about his book, Hiring 3.0. This is BizTalk and... If you're looking for resources on improving your career, go out to our website, biztalkradioshow.com, because along with Barry, we have other experts in other areas of focus in business, such as marketing, sales, sales management, performance, and also personal growth. We have experts who've done podcasts on all these topics are available to download through iTunes or right from our website. That's at biztalkradioshow.com. Com. Barry, I was in a conversation the other day, VP of sales, the HR director, and two of the sales managers. And the debate was, do we go out and staff our sales force with salespeople that can sell? I mean, in the truest sense. I mean, think of a stereotypical salesperson. And we're going to find this person because they know how to sell, and we're going to teach them our product knowledge. Or should we find somebody who has the product knowledge and will teach them how to sell. In your opinion, because this debate went back and forth, I'm just kind of curious which side of the coin you would fall on, the salesperson side and teach them product knowledge or product knowledge person and teach them how to sell. Who should we hire? By the way, very real-world situation that happens all the time, and the answer is neither. Okay. There's there A, B, or C. None of the above, right? <laughs> none of the above is the right. None of the above is the is the is the right answer because yeah, I guess it, do, do I hire somebody who knows how to sell it, or hire somebody who knows our marketplace or knows our technology? And and the answer is there's a, a high probability they'll both fail. 
So let's now, first of all, frame the business need. And when you say, okay, we're selling, what you described is what's called the complex sale, okay? Long, drawn out, selling the committees, there's all kinds of influencers, all kinds of other stuff, so on and so forth. The first thing you got to do, and that's, if I'm sitting in that group of people, I say, let's do this. Let's map our sales cycle. Well, from start to finish, let's see what a person has to do to be successful in this position. Now we know what they have to do. Are they selling alone or are they selling as part of a team? Guess what? Two different animals, two different people. If you're selling these days in the technology world, people sell as part of virtual teams. Managing a virtual team, even though you're an individual contributor, becomes a key behavior necessary to be successful. So that person who knows how to sell, do they know how to sell <clears throat> Excuse me, in a virtual team, if that's the case, or individually, if that's the case? So are they applying the right behaviors to the right situation? And one or the others of those people may be okay, but we don't know yet because we're looking for the wrong thing. Because you're just saying, well, they sell or they know our product. Well, if it turns out that it's both, neither one of them is going to be successful. Now, in terms of what can we teach them, it's very difficult to change behavior. I said early on, people are real creatures of habit. Changing behaviors is, is a very, very, very difficult business. And I don't think it's the business any company really wants to get in. So if I find a person who behaves the right way, it's easier to teach them information. Product stuff is just information. Market stuff is just information. So it's easier to teach information than it is to teach behavior change. For instance, I've been the lone wolf out there selling, selling like crazy, closing tons of deals. And you're looking at a position where I'm going to have to work as part of a you know, a six-person sales team and share and collaborate and so on and so forth, person, even though they have a tremendous experience in sales, will probably fail in the job because they're not going to like being part of that team because that's not the way they've been successful in the past. So long answer to a, a pretty simple question, but, you know, it goes back to my whole thing about questions is you got to be asking the right question. So in this case, that's not the right question. The right question is, how does the person have to behave to be successful in our job? Then look at the two people and see if either one of them answers that question. I'll tell you a quick story, Jim. I had a um, CEO of, of a company who came to me, and this was a, a medium-sized company. It was about a $50 million company, and he just purchased purchased his competitor. So they went from $50 million to $100 million overnight. He came to me and said, listen, Barry, I've got two VPs of sales. Uh, what I need you to help me is to decide which one do I keep and which one do I let go. And I, and I responded by saying, you asked the wrong question. I said, being the VP of sales of a $100 million company is a little bit different than being a, a VP of sales of a $50 million company. So let's decide what it's going to take to be successful running this twice as big organization. Then we'll decide if either of these two meet those requirements. Different way of thinking about it. Barry, in your book, Hiring 3.0, New Rules for the New Economy, the basis of that book, I mean, the foundational strategy is what? one that, that I've said a bunch of times already. Understand why you're hiring. It, 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 I, I call this a quantum shift in thinking. If you can understand that you are hiring to satisfy a business need, 
I mean, when that really sinks in and, and you can internalize that concept, your whole approach to the subject will change. It's not filling racks. It's not replacing people. It's satisfying business needs. So you've got to get that right because if you don't, that, that drives everything else. That's the overall philosophy. Got to get that right. Number two, you've got to adopt the process and do it religiously. You can't be random about hiring. I, I say over and over again, anything random associated with hiring people leads to mistakes. So you got to you know, get a process that works. You've got to implement it religiously. If you're talking about uh, you know, a president CEO of a mid-sized company, make sure the entire company is doing it the same way. You can't have marketing doing it one way and engineering doing it another way and sales doing it another way. It doesn't work. Everybody's got to approach it the same way. You got to hold people accountable for the results. Thanks for listening in on the conversation. This is Biz Talk. This is your host, Jim Lebedo. We're talking with Barry Seamus, his book, Hiring 3.0 New Roles for the New Economy. Selecting winners is your hiring process, Barry. And the question I have for you is how important is it to have a hiring process? You know, I get, I get asked the question, Jim, all the time. Well, you know, selecting winners is one way of doing it, but I've seen other ways of doing it. And, of course, I happen to think selecting winners is the best way to do it. I'm a little biased on that, but I, th- I think it's the best way. But there are other ways to do it. But I say whichever way you do it, do it consistently. Make it a process. Do it the same way every time because you'll build a skill level. I mean, even a poor process is better than no process. Barry, let's pretend you're sitting in the conference room with the company president today, the one piece of advice you're giving them is what? Elevate employee selection to the status that it deserves and walk the walk. Don't tell me it's the most important thing to your business and then have it report way down in the organization, have no process, don't track it, don't have a budget for it. Elevate it to the status that it deserves. Get people in your organization who understand how to do this, how to do it well, who are going to implement this process, that are going to hold people accountable for this process, who are going to track your results, what works. I mean, how do you know if LinkedIn works or doesn't work? You track the results. You test it and you track the results, like a lot of things. So that's the one piece of advice. Elevate this. Don't, don't give it lip service. Don't you? Because when, when somebody says to me, yeah, this is the most important thing in our business, I said, name the three things that you've done in the past month to make it better in your organization. I guarantee if I ask them that about sales, they can answer it. But if I ask them that about hiring, what are the three things you've done in the last month, you know, to, to improve their, your results of your hiring, I usually get a lot of um and on. One piece of advice in working with the recruiter. Uh, internal recruiter or external recruiter? External. Um, if, by the way, using an external recruiter is, is a legitimate business service. If you are going to contract with a recruiter to provide a business service for you, make them your partner. And what I mean by that is their call is the most important call you get. This is elevating hiring to the top of the list. You don't get back to them when you can. You share the information. You give them all the tools they need to succeed in providing you the service that you need, and then you hold them accountable just like anybody else. They don't do a good job. They don't get to continue to work with you. It's pretty straightforward. 
One question today, Barry, that uh, I should have asked you that I haven't? Um, <clears throat> that's, a, that's a good one. What's the one question that we should, that we should really ask? Probably, and this is certainly a bit self-serving, is, is how does somebody really come up to speed on this subject? You know, what's the best way to build that knowledge base if you can? Well, let me ask you that then. So if I like what you have to say and I have this epiphany that what you're saying is true and I need, I'm, I'm now committed to this, uh, the fast track to getting up to speed would be what? Um, the simplest, fastest, quickest, easiest thing to do would be get a copy of the book. Now, now you've seen my book, Jim. It, it's simple. It's straightforward. Yep. It's not a whole lot of jargon. It, it's right to the point. They can get it, you know, Amazon or anywhere else, hiring 3 Dot com is also a website where they can get it. I'd start there. And then I would look at how they invest in their education in other subjects. I'm a chief executive, okay? That means you're not great at, at you know, any one discipline. You may not be a, a sales expert. You may not be a finance expert. You may not be an engineering expert. So how do you come up to speed in those areas? I'm, I'm sure they, they read books. I'm sure they attend seminars. They hire consultants to help them. They install a process in their organization. I mean, uh, you know, hiring a great VP of human resources who understands this subject is a great way to go. And by the way, those are pretty difficult to find, but it's a great way to, to go. Somebody who really gets the importance of this subject would be a great thing for them to do. But do something, commit to growing your knowledge base, extending your education on this subject. Don't think, I don't have the time to read a book on how to hire people. If you don't have time to read a book on how to hire people, you're really in pretty bad shape. Barry, thanks for being on the program. Hey, Jim, it was a pleasure anytime. This or other BizTalk podcast may be downloaded by visiting our website, biztalkradioshow.com, where you can subscribe to BizTalk through iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at BizTalk1040 and like us on Facebook. If you want to learn the strategies finding and getting performance out of A-player salespeople, contact Performance Group by calling 800-950-9509 or visit us on the web at pmgllc.net. This has been your host, Jim Lovato.